And welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about how words matter. How you doing? Well, I thought I was going to say something else, but then I had nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> There's no punctuation in my note. That's it. That's it. But you're, we're just talking about how words matter. Right. Period. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Specifically, we're talking about um, uh, how words can make a difference in when you're uh, noticing when you're becoming perfectionistic and how your language choices can make you feel differently about something. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, we're going to get into like hyperbole and stuff, but I also just popped into my brain is how words matter in our self-talk like we yes um talked about way back when duffy moon right was that the yes yeah. you can do it duffy moon duffy. <laughs> right and and also in being kind to ourselves i know i consider myself pretty kind to myself and i also consider myself to be a fairly smart person but but i hear myself say stupid at myself sometimes oh, when I do no. something stupid <laughs> I do sometimes really um, yeah so that's not good so the, you know words matter yeah there was they a, do did you ever see um a mama mom rear window was it rear window yeah rear window by Alfred Hitchcock yeah 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 the um Barbara Bel Geddes was in that she uh-huh. played the mother on Dallas and it, she did something to that that made her say to herself, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> and so uh, Barry and I say that all the time <laughs> to each other. So that probably adds to it. Uh, but yeah. but yes, but with the um, words matter, that's all. They do. Um, that's so funny. And just as a total aside, I have to tell you that I watched Rear Window in a flat in San Francisco that... Um, <laughs> looked out into an area like that like so i could see the neighbors across it was so scary it like made it extra scary that i was in that situation all right did you keep an eye out for murderers (laughs) i did because it was kind of a terrifying neighborhood oh dear (laughs) i love that movie so much yeah well at the time it was terrifying now there's a starbucks on the corner of course right What's going on there? I just had to invite Cleo out of the room. Because <laughs> she was knocking things over and um, knocking them onto the ground and then batting them around. Oh, right. Well, yeah. That's her job. So, I know. All right. She, huh. she just needs to do it at a different Sounds time. Right. She, yeah. or, or location. 
Right. <laughs> she can go do that somewhere else in the house. There are plenty of things around the rest of the house for her to knock off <laughs> and play Bat with. around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, as, as you mentioned, we I think, you know, when we came up with this topic, um, I was thinking about, like, words like best and most and well even perfect really um and that that hyperbole uh can be a good indicator that you're getting into perfectionistic territory right and if you're striving to be the best or create the best or uh have the best Certainly, you're setting yourself up potentially for struggle, but also yes. um, it's not just striving for it, is it? It's just using those words that that is your clue. Is that right? Right. Um, and and I think that it helps. I know for me, with my perfectionistic tendencies, to even just think the phrase "good enough" and and feeling good about that like being happy about that phrase so getting used to saying it mm-hmm. um it's you know substituting good enough for um i need to do this right or i need to do this the best way or whatever um but getting comfortable with the phrase good enough so that that feels like um <laughs> i'm laughing because the phrase that came out of my mouth because that feels like the right thing um but that it 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 has given me a shift so that i am really quite satisfied with good enough instead of feeling like good enough is is uh somehow like a lower standard like it's not like good enough is not actually good enough Right. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like good enough gets a bad rap, which is one reason I yeah. love our podcast is we're trying to, uh, what, legitimize good enough right. or make it something that's more desirable. Um, right. And I know I hear all the time, well, I've got to research the best way to do that. I don't, I'm going to mm-hmm. figure out the best way to do that. And that's a an indication to me that that's something that's probably not going to get done for quite a long time. (laughs) Right. Waiting to find out the best way to do it. But yes, good enough. um, um, Embracing good enough, like we've been talking about all these months, uh, and really thinking of it as a good thing. I love that, you know, because you're right. I think most people don't think of it. They think of it as something you settle for. Right. Right. And, and, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about it in terms of like finding the freedom in good enough. Mm -hmm. Because if you have to find the best, um, I'm thinking about, uh, I know someone who is doing a training on um, like list, uh, email list management. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get caught up in like finding the best um, app or software or company or whatever to do your email list with and they get caught up in that and then they never pick <laughs> and right. you know and so because if you want to find the best one or the optimal one or whatever then you might not ever find it because 
Well, first of all, they're ever evolving because they're all in competition. So they're all trying to get better than one another. Uh So it's going to keep changing. And so if you think about... um, Uh, think about it in terms of, you know, finding a good enough one and using those parameters that we, that we talked about recently, like I used with my contractor on, you Mm -hmm. know, give me three, give me three and I'll pick from three. Mm -hmm. So like finding the three things that matter to you and then making the good enough decision. And sometimes I tag on the phrase for now because that makes me feel better about it. Like I'm gonna make the, if, I, if I'm if i saying the best decision, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the best decision for now, or I'm gonna make the decision that makes the most sense given what I know now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that does, I can see how that make might make you feel better about it. And because also then it makes it feel temporary, or not not temporary, it makes, it fe- makes you realize that it's not permanent. Right, they're right. not making necessarily making the final decision on this, and you can make you can change it up if you've yeah. turns out your choice wasn't uh, the best. As I was about to say, it turns out if your choice wasn't um, optimal, uh, <laughs> it's hard to well, avoid like, those words. <laughs> I know it is. It's really hard. But if you find out at some point that your that your choice doesn't work the way you wanted it to, or it doesn't do the thing that you need it to do now, or you know whatever. However, it it changes over time. If it's no longer the decision that um, works well for you, then it is really hard to say best. <laughs> <laughs> hard not to say best, yes. Yeah, to not to say mm-hmm. best. Um, uh, but if it's if it's no longer the answer that that works well for you, then you can make a different choice because you made um, the best decision you could at the time. And things change. Right. I was that it brought to mind for me today. I quickly decided on. I placed an order at Amazon for um, some. This is very boring, but some adhesive label holders for a project. Oh, uh-huh. And I was under the gun because I had to go to the doctor and didn't have much time. And I was just trying to do it quickly. And I went ahead and ordered it. And then I thought, you know. I didn't re- look that hard to make sure I got the cheapest one. And oh. I mean, and it wasn't very expensive, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I just had to shake it off because I gave myself a little anxiety about it. Like I maybe I right. didn't do that well enough or hard, didn't try hard enough to do get the yeah. best outcome. And um, but I'm letting go of that because certainly seventeen dollars and fifty cents for a hundred of these is good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you maybe could have found them for a buck or two cheaper, but how much time would you have had to spend to do that? And exactly. how much is your time worth? Oh, my time is so valuable. <laughs> it's very valuable. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think, I think that's a really good thing to notice is like that language that you used for yourself. Like, oh, you know, maybe I didn't find the cheapest that um, the, what the, what is that called? A suffix? Est? Uh, the, yes. The, uh, I don't know. I think it's a suffix. Okay. It's not a prefix because that's at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever part of whatever that is. <laughs> part of the language. 
Yes. Yeah. Pride of worms. Um, yeah, but so, you know, steering steering clear of that, like noticing for you when you said, you know, I, I don't I didn't spend enough time to see if that was the cheapest. That's a good indicator that you could sort of go down the the uh, sliding board on that one into the pool of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, that was excellent. <laughs> the, <laughs> the choppy waters of perfectionism. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that there are so many times when our words uh, make us feel troubled about things that you know the language that we use imbues meaning into whatever we're doing that that creates more of a struggle than there needs to be mm, yes yeah I think you're right and I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example but I'm not one's not coming to mind do you have a good example of something you might say that imbues the wrong feeling um, well, let's see. I'm trying to think. Well, just thinking in terms of, for whatever reason, I'm thinking about um, a client and task management and um, her really wanting to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And how there's not a right way. There are ways that help you get things done and then there are ways that don't really help. <laughs> right. And there and there are plenty of ways that could be useful, but um, uh, there's not gonna be a right way to do that. And so like being on that quest to find the right way makes her feel bad that she hasn't found it yet like maybe there's no right way for her maybe there's something wrong with her mm-hmm. as opposed to uh there's a gazillion ways to go about managing a to-do list and i'm gonna pick the one that works for me now mm-hmm. right it's not about the right way the way or they're even the, or avoiding the wrong way i mean there probably isn't a wrong way either as long as you find a way that works with the way you think most days yeah yeah Yeah. but i think that you know you mentioned this before but that that language can uh put you in a a framework of procrastination like if you put the pressure on yourself that you have to find the best way or the right way or the optimal way or whatever that it feels insurmountable and makes it hard to get started Mm mm-hmm Exactly. Like if you either you haven't found the right way or the perfect way, the best way, so you can't start, or the idea of even trying to find the best way allows is overwhelming. Just the idea of the search for the best becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, not to, yeah. <laughs> it just made me think about yesterday. I um, I have been wanting to get this sort of a weird random thing. A needle felting kit mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to try needle felting to repair some sweaters, some wool sweaters I have oh. with moth holes in them. Well, and so cool. I thought it, doesn't that sound fun? 
Yeah, did you? Oh, sorry, I won't interrupt you. Go ahead. But I have a question. <laughs> Can I ask a quick question? Did you find Yeah, ask me a question. Did you find your needle felting? Did you get a needle felting needle? I I did. Well, I got a whole kit. It okay. has like okay. roving in it and it has like, it has everything you need to get started. Okay. But Excellent. I don't know anything about needle felting. And so I just, uh, well, and of course this happened because I wanted to get something delivered same day by Amazon. So I had to have an order of a certain amount and I've been wanting one of these for a while. Uh-huh. And so I decided to order it yesterday, but then it, it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of variety in needle felting kits on Amazon. You might be yeah. surprised. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so I started to like, well, I don't know. Is this one better than that one? And, oh, should I get the one with 70 colors or the one with 40 colors? And and this one has four and a half stars. And, and then I was like, oh, my God. Like, the... You know, the, if it has four stars or more and over a thousand reviews, it's probably fine. Yeah, and really, it's they're all probably really close to being the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just picked one, but I could easily see, especially since I don't know what I'm doing, that I could have really fallen down a, a research yeah. hole trying to find the best one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, oh, by the way, it was like... $18 or something. So, like, and that's what made me think about it. It was like I was getting all sort of stressed out about, like, well, what if I get this and it's not the right one? Well, you know, so then I'll donate it to Goodwill and someone will be really happy to get it. Right, exactly. Did you know that I took needle felting class? No. Mm-hmm. It's, fu- it's fun, I but be ca- please be careful. It, you can hurt yourself. Oh, needles- like the poking with the needle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, pull, it's easy to pull. Well, it comes with like a piece of foam that I think you're supposed to put on the other side of the. Oh yeah, you definitely have to poke into something, but you can still poke yourself if you okay. move too fast. Take it slow. All right, I'll be yeah. I'll I'll be slow at it. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I think needle felting. It's it's like not my gig necessarily, but uh, yeah, it's fun. And the we made like two D things, but Sally. Our friend Sally, who made our logo, she does th- amazing 3D needle felting. Oh, my gosh. She made ornaments that look like her, you know, the cartoon animals that she draws. She made uh-huh. 3D versions of needle felted. Oh, really? Of because that was the, like, super advanced idea that I had was mm-hmm. to... Um, make a 3d version of um like i'd start practicing now so i could when i finally come up with my own characters in my cartooning class that i could needle felt my own character oh wow yeah well come visit maybe sally can (laughs) teach you how to do that oh that would be amazing yeah i'm not i mean not as if i don't have enough reasons to come visit right but now maybe we'll get you here because now we've dangled that. Although I don't have any authorization to offer her up, but um, she might be willing. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. That's really fun. Yeah, and I so never thought of fixing holes with in a sweater with it. That's really neat. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been exploring this idea of visible mending. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Um, but it's where, you know, you fix things in a visible way as opposed to, you know, trying to create an invisible repair, Mm -hmm. you actually highlight it. And if you Google visible, visible mending after 
the show. Right. <laughs> for Not just for you, for all our Everybody. listeners. <laughs> um, there's so many amazing things, and people do a lot of things with patches and with embroidery. And um, so, I mean, you can use your mending in essence to embellish something. I love that. I love yeah. that. It's really neat. So yeah, you might I like, like you might make a you might needle felt something cool looking on your sweater over the right. Hole. I see. Yeah, Neat. yeah. But I have this. I have these beautiful sweaters that, including one that I bought in Ireland. It's a, I. I feel like I've talked about this, an Irish fisherman knit sweater mm-hmm, that got destroyed by moths. That's a bummer. And. Yeah, it's so sad. But um, so I want to give this a try to see it. So I wanted to practice on some other stuff first mm-hmm. um, before, you know, I tried on my most precious sweater. Right. Wow, that's really neat. Yeah. yeah. But um, and and that will also be lots of lots of opportunities to um, pay attention to the words I'm using. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think with needle felting, like so many creative things that there isn't necessarily a right and a wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that will be more pleasing to my eye than other things. But uh, if it if it fixes the hole, that's good enough. Right. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to embrace good enough, without a doubt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, neat. I can't wait to see what you come up with. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you may inspire me to do similar things since I too have needle felting supplies. Some. Oh. No, I, I bet and I it, don't have the array you have. Well, and now with your kit. Well, yeah, I should send you a picture of my kit. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's a, it has like seventy colors of wow. what's it called? Oh, roving. Roving. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's just like. I think three grams of each one. So it's just a tiny little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, yeah. So um, I think that paying attention to our language, both as a way to move forward and as a way to notice when we might be getting mired in perfectionism is pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Let that language be a clue, a trigger to to shift your perspective perhaps yeah 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 and i'm thinking of um and and we talked about this like with the labels and and how renaming something can be really powerful Mm -hmm. which i think you know that still holds true um and just noticing how you are thinking about things and like you said like how you're talking to yourself and and um, and making these little tiny shifts are what can help steer you away from a tendency towards perfectionism mm-hmm and that that being conscious of it is um, so important I think and, and, mm-hmm. and you're, yeah listening just listening to yourself which is it's harder sometimes than it than it sounds <laughs> to do that. <laughs> you mean to pay attention or to like to notice what you're saying to yourself? Yeah, that's what I meant. To actually listen, pay attention to what you're saying to yourself. Uh-huh. To pay, yeah. oh, I wasn't sure if you meant that or that it's hard to listen to 
because of how you talk to yourself? Oh, um, either way. I would pay attention to what you're saying. (laughs) Although both are true. Yes. I mean, not for you, except for when you say, stupid, stupid, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) But no, I just want to say that. Yeah, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still not very nice. But I sort of feel like that's more like stupid thing as opposed to stupid me. Oh, um not in the case of rear window she was completely talking about herself yeah yeah what she had done is that what you meant yeah yeah but i feel like when i say it i think more like that's stupid not i'm stupid well good good (laughs) because you're not stupid shannon (laughs) well thank you jenny you're welcome uh i don't i don't generally feel stupid i just feel like i don't have a lot of words available to me at times indeed I know that feeling. <laughs> but um, uh, that it's funny because that's actually a good example of how words matter. Like the difference between, like if I was saying stupid, stupid, stupid and saying that about myself, that would feel so, like I almost can't even do it. It feels so awful. Mm-hmm. But saying stupid, stupid, like that thing is stupid, like that actually kind of makes me laugh a little bit and like <laughs> lightens it up. yeah words matter they do (laughs) they do trying to think if there are other examples i mean there's like a bazillion examples but no particular ones are coming to mind right now right um nor mine nothing's coming to my mind in general yeah a slow afternoon in in janine's head in my head yeah not not in any other way (laughs) just in my head Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. <laughs> well, I think we can probably wrap it up then, unless you have anything else to say. Uh, no, we can wrap it up. Okay. Well, just to uh, wrap it up, <laughs> for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, paying attention to the words you use can change how you feel about something. So, um, Notice if you're using words to describe yourself or something that's going on in a way that makes it feel like unpleasant or higher, like it puts more pressure on you and and instead choose words that uh, provide more ease that um, allow you to move forward or something and also to uh, notice when language is a is a clue that you are in fact headed towards perfectionism that you're um maybe setting yourself up to behave with perfectionistic tendencies and um by interrupting that pattern you can make a change you can make a different choice and go with the good enough way which we totally support that's right yeah so listen for those superlatives and replace them with good enough yeah yeah because i think good enough it's uh, i was just visiting my aunt and she loves when she's like doing stuff around the house she'll be like cleaning the kitchen or something and she'll notice that she starts like getting obsessive like trying to clean a spot off the counter and then she'll just stop and be like good enough 
that's good enough. <laughs> oh, good. And she, yeah, and then she just looks at me and laughs. It's good enough. <laughs> we practice good enough around here all the time. <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, um, what about you? Where do you notice that you're using um, words that make things more difficult or where you um, they make you feel bad or put pressure on you to do something and how can you change that you can let us know on the show notes at gettingtogoodenough.com or on social media on facebook and instagram we're at getting to good enough and on twitter we are gtg enough uh, you can also leave us a message which we love getting your messages at 413-424-gtge4843 and you can leave a comment or ask a question if there's something that you want to know more about or want us to cover on a future episode. We would be happy to do that. But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. Cleo desperately wants back in the room. That poor cat. You are so mean to her. I know. She's tortured.